Welcome to To Put It Playfully, the podcast that explores all things kink, sex and lingerie. I'm your host Becky, enthusiast of all things playful and sensual. Each week we bring you a new guest to join a conversation and share their unique perspective. So join us as we delve into the fascinating and thrilling world of play, pleasure and everything in between. Oh, I'm so glad to be speaking with you today. It's really such an honour. Like I, I was introduced to you by the Hot Girls Wanted documentary and I was like, this woman is amazing and it really like... It definitely like was like the catalyst for me to like start thinking about like how porn is consumed and like yeah it was really really inspirational and I was like raving about you to all my friends after <laughs> I was like you have to watch this Aww. yeah it's no, so that's, great. that's amazing to hear because actually <laughs> I think you know most people are not thinking that much about porn mm-hmm. it just kind of exists but they don't know yeah. exactly what it is or how it works or realizing even that it's a whole kind of industry yeah it's like it's so much bigger than that as well because it's like it's not just how porn is consumed or sex it's like also about like how the workers are treated it's like a labor issue as well of course yeah um what so what compelled you to start making pornography I started out as most people as a consumer I you know was uh, watching porn as a young adult trying to figure out who I was and what I liked and what turned me on etc And I think it started uh, as many, many women have similar stories, you know, with with a boyfriend who kind of Mm -hmm. introduced me to pornography. And when I started watching it, I had a feeling that my body did get excited, that I felt turned on by the images. And that felt good to me. But at the same time, I didn't really like what I was, you know, looking at. I didn't really like the power dynamics that I was seeing. I didn't like the way they were portraying, especially women, but also men, because somehow they didn't really feel attractive to me. Mm -hmm. And it felt like the role of women was mostly reduced to some kind of, you know, beautiful object or some kind of tool for the 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 men, for the male sexuality. But it wasn't really stories about us and about our emotions and feelings and sexual kind of experiences. And, and I think that that was really what, what made me start thinking about porn you know it started I started out kind of with with the feeling of why do I feel this way why do I not feel the same way as most of my male friends who are just watching porn enjoying it having a jolly good time kind of <laughs> and and you know and and it's not a big conflict for them and then when I was mm. talking to my female friends most of them felt similar feelings that that I did. And then I, at that time, I was studying political science at university and gender studies. And I was thinking a lot about, you know, the society we live in and the power structures and, and gender issues. So I, I kind of figured out that it was a systemic situation. Mm-hmm. And when I started to investigate a little more about porn I realized that one of the reasons was that most of the porn that is made is made by men and 
if you start looking at what kind of men, then you realize that it's actually a quite similar little group of men, you know, with kind of similar ideas of what they find sexy. So for them, it's the, the sexist version of a woman they mm-hmm. like. You know, they they are kind of in, they're into the boobs and the ass and the cars and the cigars and it's you know <laughs> that kind of 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 sexuality. And okay, that's that's okay. I understand that some people have 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 that sexuality, but I didn't see diverse perspectives mm-hmm. reflected. And I think that 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 was really the the kind of the motive uh, why I started to think about could I do something differently if I would you know just sit down and kind of write a script what would it be about how would I do it and Mm -hmm. and uh, that's kind of how I you know how I started to challenge myself and and then obviously uh, lots of things happens in a life, etc. Uh, it, it, when you tell the story, it sounds like it's you know from one day to another. Yeah. <laughs> in reality, it was a few you know years going mm-hmm. on in between. I I was at university, and then during summer holidays, I went to Spain to learn Spanish. And in uh, at at some point, I kind of decided that I wanted to move to Spain because I I really really had fallen in love with Barcelona. I had did, had done a year of Erasmus in Madrid. I you know wanted to try out the possibility of 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 living there. And when I did that, uh, reality kind of crashed down on me, and I <laughs> realized that it was very hard for me to find a job in political science uh, because Barcelona is not, you know, one of the big cities having lots of international organizations. And I should have moved to, you know, Geneva or Brussels or New York or something, but I wanted to stay in Barcelona. So to, um, to earn my living, I had to get myself a job. And that's how I ended up working in the audiovisual industry. Uh, at the beginning, I was working as, you know, a runner, a chauffeur. I was doing catering. I was doing small jobs in film productions, uh, advertisement, television series, films, etc. And then little by little, I started to kind of advance in that industry. I got, uh, you know, a position as a, a production assistant, a production manager, a location manager. And I, uh, I loved the film industry. Film had always, you know, been kind of a hobby of mine, but I never thought I was going to work with it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I signed myself up to film school to learn more because I am, you know, a person always kind of interested in new things. And I wanted to learn more about about the process of actually making film. Uh, And when I, uh, I got the opportunity to do a short film, that was really the moment when I kind of, you know, sat down with my own own thoughts and I started to think, what kind of film do I want to make? Because when you have that opportunity, you want to make a difference somehow. And I felt that for me, the subject that I was really, really interested in was female sexuality. But at the beginning, I didn't know that it was going to be explicit. I started mm-hmm. you know, to work around the concept of female sexuality somehow and then um, one day I kind of said to myself, but 
what if I would just try to do kind of a, you know, a, a, a porn film, but with, you know, my values, with my point yeah. of view, I would try this and see, would it work? Because so many people had told me, you know, Erica, forget about it. Porn is just porn. <laughs> How are you going to be able to do something mm -hmm. different? But for me, it kind of felt like, no, of course you can make it different. It depends on, you know, the perspective and the stories and the characters. And it felt kind of very clear to me in my head. But then I didn't know if I was actually able to do it. Yeah. But I, and here I am. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, and here you are. Um, so did you come across any barriers like as a woman in the porn industry who wasn't in front of the camera? Like how how did that happen? Like what kind of challenges were well, there? Yeah. Well, I'm still going through lots of barriers. Uh oh, I, really? I guess that that is life in general, but 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 mm -hmm. of course. I mean, from the beginning many of them was on the kind of technical side and and creative side i had to learn how to make film so so those were challenges at the beginning but then obviously when i had made my first short film and i had started to show it to people i had sent it to a film festival it had won you know an award as best short film etc and then i was thinking I'm going to go and pitch this to some production companies because, you know, otherwise, what am I going to do with this film? Uh, because it was just, you know, a short film laying around on a DVD in my drawer, kind of. Uh, so I went to see a few different adult production companies uh, to pitch this film. And I kind of was surprised by the reactions because many of these uh, men, powerful men in this industry, they did like the film and they told me that they felt that, wow, that it was very different. But then they kind of put me in my place, telling me that, you know, Erica, this is great. But you know what? Women will never buy porn. Actually, women are not buying anything that has to do with sex because you pay women for sex. That was the main kind oh. of attitude. Wow. Exactly. But that's how chauvinistic, you know, this is also, we are talking here about the beginning of my career. This was 2004, mm -hmm. 2005. So uh, I think that lots of things obviously have changed since then. And, and, and you and me, we both know that women do buy things that yeah. are, you know, sensual and sexy and, and uh, that we do watch porn it's just that most of the porn that has been you know made has not really been made for us has not been fought for us so I think it's very natural that we kind of react against it when I you know sometimes visit all the tube sites that are out there on the internet because the industry has changed a lot during these mm -hmm. years also and today, most of, of, of the porn or the porn kind of that has taken over the internet is the free online tube porn. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is sad. I think that most of that porn is, 
showing harmful values, values that me as as a woman has, you know, problems with when I see the way they treat women, the systemic kind of violence towards women, Mm -hmm. but not only towards women, but also the fetishization of race, the, 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 there's lots of racist porn out there. And this is a, a serious, big kind of issue. Uh, I don't like the way they are sexualizing teens. I think it's not correct. And and I'm very tired of seeing that, that porn that is exploitative towards lots of different kind of groups are kind of being celebrated on these sites you know uh, there are taglines like tiny teen is getting destroyed and it seems like people are not reacting to that mm-hmm. uh, and to me it's it feels very very strange somehow that in society at, at large, we are, you know, confronting these kind of values. We are talking about, about when we see uh, problems, but in pornography somehow, it seems like they have this little bubble where sexism is allowed because it's portrayed as, you know, a fantasy and, and it's allowed to... To, to kind of capitalize fetishization of, of different people. And I do really believe that, that we need to see a more diversified pornography that represents people the way they want to be represented. It's, uh, it's complex and it's complex to kind of to fight against these tube sites because it's not only how they how they treat people it's also about you know as as you said before the working conditions mm-hmm. it's about how they uh, steal content from content creators from directors and small production companies and performers and they put these videos up there online and if you look at at, at the whole kind of industry you realize that these tube sites have taken over so much. I sometimes talk about the concept that I call big porn. And for me, it's not so different from, from what, you know, we have seen in, in big food or big pharma or big fashion. Or yeah. you know, it's this kind of huge conglomerates that are not really interested in in caring for for the people in you know big food they are not really interested in making the best food with the best nutrients or big pharma to take care of about our health uh they are there to earn money and concentrate power and the same happens for me with big porn you know these big companies they are not interested in representing human sexuality as you know as diverse and wonderful as possible they are using pornography to drive traffic to their sites and then what are they selling to the audience they are selling advertisement Mm -hmm. and shitty advertisement you know it's normally buy this uh, grow your dick pills or (laughs) eat a sexy Latina in your neighborhood 
And it's, you know, there's no sexy Latina in your neighborhood because it's a machine talking to you, you know. But what, (laughs) what what people do is that they are sending their credit card details and then they feel so ashamed that they were on these sites and that they, you know, that they believe that this was possible. So when it's not working, they are not going to to the police. They are not complaining about it. So we have kind of a scam business going on, uh, profiting on pornography. And I think that that is really sad because these tube sites has also made people not to value pornography. I, I do believe that there's that there's, there can be a great value in in porn. I think that the same way as we can criticize a lot of porn for having harmful values and, and, and uh, not really treating sexuality with respect and sex positivity, the same way if we change those messages, we can make a different kind of porn. We can make ethical porn we can make feminist porn we can make porn that you know shows human sexuality from diverse perspective and that respects people but that has to be made you know with a lot of care and love and passion and energy and I do believe that if the consumers were to care more about the people working in this industry, they would understand that the only way of of getting great porn is paying for your porn. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. So I think that if you are a porn consumer, you need to be responsible. You need to to start thinking about uh, the porn you are watching. How is it made? Where does it come from? Can you see an about page so you can learn anything about the creators about the directors about the production companies about the performers who are they are they you know are they are they happy with the treatment they have received during that shoot etc can you watch a making of i think all of these things would really help us to to value porn better and to to get the whole picture of what is going yeah and to humanize the actors as well she's three-dimensional yes and also you know what most people they have this idea that the actors are some kind of promiscuous people in Mm -hmm. poor situations that have no other options in life and that is so far from the truth most people that i have met in this industry are you know, amazing people, wonderful people, clever, smart, educated. They take care of themselves. They take care of their health. They, you know, obviously STI do STI testing regularly. They know about sex. They know about boundaries. They can have consent conversations. You know, I actually think that normal people have a lot to learn from porn people. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, how do you decide who appears in your films? Like, what's the qualities that you look for in an actor or actress? I look for energy. Mm-hmm. I look for people who want to be there, who have something to communicate, who feel sexy in front of the camera and who want to share their sexuality with the rest of the world and with their co-performers. 
for me, it's really, really important to find people who work well together, who have that kind of attraction going on. So I normally I ask my my performers who they would like to co-work with, who they would like to to have in in a film. Uh, so I have, you know, their yes list and their no list of people they do not want to work with and people they want to work with. Uh, and I think that that is a really great way of, you know, finding kind of the attraction because that's what we want to watch. When we watch porn, we do want to watch people who are into each other, who are, you know, uh, who are there. And is there anyone like that you never worked with before, but you'd love to work with? It could be anybody. <laughs> There's lots of people. I mean, that list <laughs> could go on kind of forever. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm meeting new people all the time. I'm uh, trying to make social media work in a way where I, you know, can can follow people I'm interested in, uh, and they can, I, I can be available so they can, uh, you know, contact me. We do receive uh, many, many curriculums every day from you know performers and also some from regular people who would like to you know get into to uh, acting uh, in porn I'm always a little cautious when I'm talking to people who have not been in porn before because there is a huge stigma and if you are you know, curious about about this, you really need to think it through. It's not a decision you should do quickly. It's something that, you know, you need to inform yourself. You need to talk to people who are already working here. And you need to make sure that you are supported by, you know, your close family and friends, etc. Because otherwise it can be a very hard experience. And anyone who works with anything related to sex is feeling that kind of that stigma from the world, right? If you have been naked, ha naked having sex online, then you might have problems to get other kind of jobs. I know, for example, you know, many performers who maybe would like to at some point in their life making porn and start another career and have been surprised by the reactions of, you know, society and people in general, not wanting them in certain jobs, for example. So you need to have that in mind and you need to be smart about your career and mm -hmm. Make sure that you are working with people and production companies that you can trust and that are responsible and where you feel that there's a good kind of working ambient. And then as, as anyone in life, you have to plan for life. So you have to, you know, organize your money, uh, save, invest and make sure that it can help you to, to get the future you are looking for. Yeah, that's... 
That's so true. How do you think the like popularization of like cam girls and OnlyFans, how has that impacted the industry? It has definitely impacted the industry. I think that it has changed the power balance between production companies and performers because now performers have a possibility of earning their money directly, making their own mm-hmm. content from the, you know, from their home and deciding who they want to work with, when they want to work. Uh, They have uh, the access directly to their followers and fans. So they can, you know, they can decide on what jobs they want to take from other production companies. Because it's also true that many of the performers do want to work with serious production companies because the kind of content that we are creating is obviously different from the content that you are able to create from your own home depends Mm -hmm. obviously on the resources you might have as a performer but but most uh, mostly you know uh, if you want to do a little more of acting you want to do more narrative films etc you're gonna have to look for production companies who are doing that kind of content so I think that there's a possibility of combining definitely the two things and making sure that you are always in 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 power of your own career mm-hmm. yeah and you have autonomy over what you do do you think it's also kind of changed the way people feel about paying for porn as well because it's a bit more accessible with things like only fans and cam girls now i think it has because also when you do follow someone you care for that person you get yeah. to understand that that is a real person with a life and sometimes with a family but a person you know who needs to be able to pay their rent and their food and mm. and maybe the schools for the kids or the healthcare etc and i think that that can definitely help people to respect the fact that sex work is work and that it should be be paid for i think it's a huge pity that the online tube sites have kind of dumped you know they have changed the whole the whole business and have made people believe that porn can be for free because actually you know it's it's never for free even if you think that you can go there and it's for free you are still paying somehow you are paying maybe not with your money but you're paying you know with with your time you're paying with your clicks you're giving these companies information Mm -hmm. about what you are interested in and then they use that information to capitalize on it and to you know buy and sell advertisement and 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 these kind of things yes definitely if you are a fan of porn you need to support the industry and the only way of doing that is paying for it they always they say like if something's free then you're the product and i think that's so true in that case it is it's what we've seen all with social media you know we are all we are all there we are all pendant on social media and social media is another huge challenge that we are all facing uh, who are you know, working in something sex related, we are banned in quite a biased way. Uh, because what I am experiencing, I had a uh, an Instagram account with half a million followers, it was cancelled 
last April, last year, not because I was posting any explicit images, because obviously I am an adult and I know how to respect the guidelines. Mm-hmm. But some of the images I was publishing, they were they were seen as soliciting or something like that. Uh, well, I, that was definitely not the case. And I think that that the problem now with Instagram, for example, is that they are accepting sexist images they are accepting images when you know women are being kind of shown in a very sexist way that is not the problem for them but as soon as you're trying to show a sensual image then they don't know how to interpret that kind of that that context they feel lost somehow and I think that this is because of their chauvinistic attitude in general. I think this has a lot to do with who's behind social media. It's a group of, you know, white, rich, cis, hetero tech guys. And they have a huge problem to understand anything else than kind of a white, slim, busty female body. For them, that is okay. But anything else, I mean, if, if you know, it's it's very frustrating to see that we are not allowed to show queer images. We are not allowed to show uh, interactions, you know, between people kissing each other. Even if you don't see anything explicit, you don't see nipples, you don't see, you know, vaginas and penises, obviously, vulvas, you don't see anything, but still these images are too much for them. So the only reason I understand that they are censuring us so hard is because they don't agree with our ideas. Mm-hmm. it's very it feels it feels very unfair you know I've yeah. I've seen I've seen some accounts on on Instagram for example that it, there's one called puppy melons on the first pictures there's a puppy and then you go to the second one and then there's a big pair of breasts and this is allowed wow. you know and then our content is not mm-hmm. allowed I see images, you know, there's this this multi-billionaire guy in Brazilian. Uh, he's showing off women on pictures, sometimes in crazy positions, you know, like standing like this, like I wear a table, and then he puts his award on their back. These pictures are allowed. But then yeah. two kissing people, you know, intertwined, kind of in a romantic situation. That's not allowed. Yeah, it's basically like if it's for male consumption, it's okay. There you go. And that is the problem. It's this male entitlement that's mm-hmm. existing in this society, you know. As soon as as female sexuality starts being about us instead of about teasing them and making them feel good, when it's suddenly about us, it's our power, it's our pleasure, it's it's our bodies, then they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, it's yeah we're experiencing it as well. Even as a lingerie brand, we're not really showing anything, and everyone wears underwear. But yeah, they they want to like delete our posts. They want to like stop us from being available to people. And the more we talk about like sexual wellness as well, yes, that is hurting the engagement as well. Definitely, because what that's education. One, what is one of the biggest problem in the society we live in? The lack of sex education Mm -hmm. 
And I think that when different, you know, people are able to show the world and tell the world and help the world to understand sexuality, that should be celebrated. That should not be censured. That is a resource for everyone. But but in so many countries, we still have this huge lack of, 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 of sex education. So what happens? Obviously, young people want to learn about sex because we are a product of sex. We exist because people had sex. You know, this is sex is everything to us. It's our identity. It's our pleasure. It's our emotions. It, it's, it's so much. And still, the only the only place where you can tell stories about sex is pornography, because it's not allowed anywhere else in our society, you know. And then what happens is that young people, they go online, they watch the online free tube site porn, and then they think that that is the way that sex should happen. So young boys go out there and they think they are supposed to be this rah, strong, penetrative sex machines going on, 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 on. They think they're supposed to choke and they're supposed to have anal sex, even if they had sex once in their life. And girls think that they're, they're, what they need to do is to please the guys because that's what they've seen in porn. They've seen four minutes of hard penetration and then it seems like she's coming. And then they think that something is wrong with them. Yeah. And with their bodies, because because it's not happening for them. And I had so many conversations with, you know, young girls about this, talking about that they feel good when they're masturbating or when they're with their own vibrators. But as soon they are together with, you know, heterosexual boy, then it's not working for them because they stop focusing on their own sexuality and they start focusing on his sexuality mm-hmm. and it becomes instead of of you know being an encounter between two people having a great time together it becomes a porn show you know yeah. and it's i think it's a real pity for me for me I, one of the things I, I i really wished for for young people is better sex education mm-hmm. and when we talk about sex education porn literacy i want them to understand what porn is. I want them to understand that porn is a medium, that porn, it has messages in it. It tells you things about sexuality, it tells you things about, about masculinity, about femininity, about the roles we play, etc. And I think that the kind of obliged gender roles that most of the men's mainstream porn kind of puts you in, in that position. It doesn't fit most young people today you know they feel they feel differently they want to watch a different kind of porn that is portraying different sexualities and different genders and and in a much more diverse way than most of the mainstream porn that's out there yeah so that takes me on to um talking about ex-confessions could you tell me a little bit about the concept behind that i love ex-confessions for me it's, it's my it's my really one of my passion projects it started because people came up to me all the time when i was going to different screenings and festivals and wanted to share their sex stories their fantasies their ideas and then i realized that it would be great to put you know a place online where people could send their their confessions and that's kind of how it started it started just being a site online where people sent anonymously from all the world sent in their confessions and then 
I started to make films out of their fantasies. And now the project has really grown into uh, returning 10 years uh, this year, actually, in summer. So that's quite amazing. And the project has grown into kind of a, a community of confessors, artists, filmmakers, photographers, performers, who are, you know, all creating these wonderful films. We are, you know, working with, with quite many filmmakers from all around the world. We put out an open call there to find people who were interested in making this kind of films. So now we have films, you know, made in Colombia, in, in Germany, in the UK, in the US, in Australia, in, you know, Finland. They're from all around. And for me, it was very important to find creators, filmmakers, you know, with different backgrounds. So most of our creators are women or queer people, or we're trying to work on getting more by folk folks uh, to, to, to join kind of this community. And uh, we are releasing films regularly and they are, the films are, are very, I have to say, very different between them because some of them are more narrative concepts telling, you know, really stories. Others are more experimental and some are more kind of documentary style. But all of them, what they have in common is that they are, you know, short film format based on these anonymous confessions. And what is it about a confession that would make you want to make it into a film? Ooh, I would love to make all of them. Eh, no, but, <laughs> but what do I choose? Well, I choose things that feels exciting to me, really. Things that I go, oh my God, I would love to see this in a film. This is a great story. This is a great, you know, situation or context. Or suddenly I might read a confession and I might think, oh, I would love to see these performers here. So it's it, it's a lot kind of from, you know, instinct. Yeah. It's what it, like feels good. <laughs> what flies kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what feels good in, in the body. Yeah. Yeah. And so thinking about ahead in the future, do you have any big picture goals for the Erica Lust brand or X Confession? I have. I have lots of goals, lots <laughs> of things I want to do. First of all, I want, I want independent porn to become bigger because we are still a very small part of the whole kind of porn industry, you know? So I think that a way of changing general kind of sex attitudes would be to to kind of to grow this indie sector of, of pornography so people start understanding and knowing that there is an alternative that there is another kind of porn out there that not all porn is the same i want to I always, I want to make more films. I want to make, you know, better films. I want to, to make, you know, great, great content that people really can enjoy and that enters, you know, not only because it's sexy, explicit films, but that also enters because these are films that are thought provocative, that makes people think, that makes people, you know, empathize with other people and other sexualities and understand, you know, themselves and their own sexuality. I really think that these kind of films uh, helps people to 
you know, to accept sometimes their own sexuality or their own kind of kinks and ideas. Because we live in such a sex negative society that so many people are still so ashamed and fearful around their own sexuality. And I really wish for people to, you know, to to start communicating better around sex, not to be so afraid of, of telling what they like, what they don't like, how they want things to be done. And I get so happy every time I receive an email, you know, from someone telling me, hey, Erica, watch your film. And, you know, I had the best night with my wife or my girlfriend. We never, we could never watch porn together before. And now, you know, this was an experience that we could share together. And we started to talk about, you know, our sex life and what we like, etc. And I think that porn can be a very powerful media. And that it's a way of kind of getting into the center of uh, also male sexuality, not only female sexuality, but also male sexuality. Uh, because I think that men lack sometimes understanding of real sexuality or how it works or how women works or what's happening because they've seen so much kind of fake porn. Uh, <laughs> Where, you know, women are just having orgasms out of absurd situations and yeah. there has been no clitoral stimulation or nothing kind of real. So I wish for them also to, to find this kind of porn and ultimately get the better sex life. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, such a pleasure to speak with you today. It's like really like everything you said is so spot on and so fascinating and so important as well and like yeah just I really hope that like you can make that a reality like a I mean I absolutely believe that you can but um yeah yeah thank, thank you so, so much, much for your time today yes and that's all you. my questions I think but no, yeah, that's, that was... that's 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 wonderful and and yeah. thank you for the wonder wonderful laundry that you make because that's also <laughs> something you. really really important I think in 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 how women you know feel about themselves for us to be able to 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 celebrate our sexuality and our body positivity and 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 you know really really start feeling sensual from you know the start from the bodies yeah everyone should feel sexy like just everybody and, and everybody <laughs> has and everybody has right to you know our sexuality not only the perfect model like uh, yeah women, but everybody 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 with a body <laughs> yeah exactly thank you so much it's Thank been such you. a pleasure. Um, yeah, we'll speak soon, I hope. If you have anyone who wants to send a confession, you are all welcome. I'm sure we will. <laughs> and maybe I'll make films out of them. Maybe. <laughs> I'll start thinking. <laughs> you do. Thank you so do. <laughs> Bye-bye. Have a great Bye. day. Ciao. Thank you for listening to To Put It Playfully. If you want to follow us on social media, find us at Playful Promises. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button to learn about our new podcast episodes. See you then.